0: hey friends welcome to the make life matter podcast i'm angela Denadio, and each week i share compelling conversations with leading voices they encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world together we'll make our lives matter no matter what here's this week's episode Well, hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I was just talking to my guest today about the fact that we are really close to the holidays. I don't know how this happened. We both have our air conditioning on today. It doesn't feel like it's holiday season, but it is. And so I am so excited as we come to the end of this year host Sharon Janes today. We've been trying for a while. Her book actually released in August or September. I have a copy of it here, Praying for Your Children Head to Toe. We're going to talk about this today. We're going to talk about ways that we can not only uh, pray for our kids, but have landmarks that are going to be so instrumental in our own lives. So if you're concerned about raising children and grandchildren in 2023, you're going to want to really lean in for this conversation. How can prayer release heaven on earth? Whether you're a parent, a grandparent, or the friend of a child, Sharon Janes helps us know how to use the words of scripture to pray powerfully and per- purposely over our children. She's an international speaker. She's the best-selling author of 25 books with nearly 1 million copies sold, and she's a powerful voice in the global faith community. I have admired her for afar for many, many years, and now I count her as a friend. Sharon, what a joy to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me. And uh, one
0: thing I want the listeners to
1: know is we finally got to meet face to face last month. And that was so huge because, you know, you meet people online and when you actually get to put your arms around them and give them a big old Southern hug, it just, (laughs) it really seals the deal. So we had that pleasure last week. I agree.
0: (laughs) I agree. And I love that because, you know, we're, we're real people and, and live real everyday lives and have everyday struggles just like all of us do. And so I think, to exhale from all of that and to, to create a sisterhood is so, so crucial. And yes. mm-hmm. so Sharon, it's been a joy to get to know you there. So let's talk a little bit. You've got quite an extensive resume and, uh, but I'm going to kind of sum that up and, and move into, um, this brand new book that you have. You're formerly the vice president of Proverbs 31 ministries. So many. Women have been so blessed. My first trip to Israel was actually with Lisa Turker, so I've loved Proverbs 31 for so long. You're the co-host of the radio program. Uh, You know the topics that are important to Christians. So why were you drawn to this topic of prayer for your children to write this newest book, Praying for Your Child from Head to Toe, a 30-day guide to powerful and effective scripture-based prayers? Why this topic at this time? Well, about 10 years ago, I wrote another book called Praying for Your
1: Husband from mm-hmm. Head to Toe. And I got so many requests from wives saying, you know, I really need this for my children.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've,
1: I've put it off. And then finally, you know, I just realized, Angela, that our kids are under attack now more than ever before yes. you know my son has grown now and there are so many things that that he struggled with that I didn't have the problem with because I didn't have social media and now I'm looking at the kids today what they're struggling with and it's just exponentially more than than it, it was maybe 20 years ago and even 10 years ago you know we've we we see that peer pressure for example just one thing peer pressure I mean, there's been peer pressure since Cain and Abel, right? right? But peer pressure today is so much different than it was before social media. Mm. Because not only now are our kids that I'm talking about, as soon as that, that little toddler gets a hold of that phone, and they it seems like they start learning how to work it. Mm. But as soon as they start to get on social media as children, all the way through their teen years into college, into being a young adult, now they're not comparing themselves with people in their little world, but they're comparing themselves with people all around the world. Mm. And it's putting so much um, pressure and stress on them as they compare um, their insides with somebody else's outsides and thinking they've got to be all that. So, so much stress on children today. I mean, school shootings, that's another right. one. I didn't even yes. think about that 30 years ago. And right. now, you know, there's, they're keeping keeping count of it like 51 school shootings last Mm. year and um just how many have there been since they started counting in 2018 since then 167 and that was last year's statistics so we already know that there have been some in the past few months um, since they've started counting again we never had to worry about there's that kind of stress on them and here's another statistic that just breaks my heart is that suicide is the leading the second leading cause of death with kids between the ages of 17 and 21. Mm. And again, I think that uh, that is that battle, that that war, all that war for the hearts and souls of our children yes. and what they're having to deal with. And, and mamas are worried about that. Grandmamas are worried about that. Aunties are worried about that. What can we do? We can't be everywhere at once. We can't fix all these problems. But Angela, we know mm. the one that can be there all the time. And that's why we pray when we pray for these kids. And then again, what do we pray? It's so big. Well, we pray the word of God. That's what we're going to do in this book is we're going to pray the word of God because we know when we pray the word of God, we are praying the will of God.
0: That's so good. When we pray the word of God. We pray the will of God. So many women I talk to wonder, how do I know the will of God? The will of God is in the word of God. So the more word we have in us, the more we'll feel confident as his will, even when, like you said, so many things around, around us seem uncertain. They seem out of control. And I've heard people, and I've been guilty of it sometimes, Sharon, I'm saying, well, You know, all I know how to do is pray, as if somehow that's kind of like relegated to last place. But what you're reminding us is that is where there's power, there's hope, there's encouragement, there's strength. I want to read something that you write in this book. Prayer is not a means of gaining control over our children to whip them into shape and make them the men and women we want them to be. Prayer is a means of relinquishing control of our plans and asking God to shape them into the men and women that he wants them to be. What a statement, Sharon. So let's just talk about this. When things feel so out of control, our tendency might be, well, I'm going to pray so that I can control this outcome. But what you really are telling us is we're relinquishing control. Carol Kent has talked about that as well here on the podcast. Why is relinquishment so important to us as we're praying for our children?
1: you know, Angela, I have to confess that that first thought came when I was writing the book, Praying for Your Husband from Head to Toe, because, you know, we know we are not to pray to whip them into shape to be the man we want them to be, but who God yes. wants him to be. So when I started working on the book for children, I'm like, is it the same? Is it the mm-hmm. same for kids? Um And it is in a, in a way, it's different, of course, but the bottom line is we are not the potter or that little lump of clay that we are praying for. And we tend to want to control their behavior control their decisions Mm. and instead of praying that they will and we're going to go through these different steps in just a minute of of the different areas we're praying for but praying that they will see god in all things and that they will become see when we pray scripture we're praying that they will become who god wants them to be yes i am not the potter i mean that's so many times i want to take control and take control of the situation but I am not in control. So that's why it's releasing control and saying, God, you do what you need to do. And, you know, Angela, sometimes mm. when we're praying that, and here's something I'm sure that almost everyone listening has struggled with, you know, we pray about something and it just doesn't happen the way we thought it would, but right. we feel like that God is not doing anything. God, I prayed about that. I, throw me a bone. Let me. Mm off of that Jericho while I'm, I'm walking around. But let me assure you that if we don't see something happening from our prayers, God is always working. Yes. Jesus said, my father is always at work. And even though we can't see it, he is working behind the scenes. So I want to assure you of that. God is always working behind the scenes, whether we see it or not. And here's another thing too. When we're praying and we we tend to as mothers to pray that our children won't struggle. Mm. Mm. However, if you think of on about your own life, I think about my own life, when have we grown the most yes. spiritually or as people, as human beings, it's been during times of struggle. Mm. So as we're praying for our kids and then we see them struggling again, don't think God's not listening. God is listening. God is working and he is probably Bring, he's going to bring about some incredible um, result of the struggle that that child is going through. So, we're not praying that they will not struggle. We are praying that they will learn and grow in the struggle, that they turn to God in the struggle. So, that is releasing control. That's Mm -hmm. not trying to fix everything, but praying to God and praying that He will again make them into the men and women that He wants them to be
0: any way He sees fit. Mm, That's so good. It's so important for us to remember that because you know, feeling out of control is a very scary feeling, but prayer is a reminder that we're not in control. Ultimately we're not. And rather than that feeling like something we need to be afraid of, we, we, We can feel encouraged by that. We can feel relief in the fact that God is ultimately in control Mm -hmm. and he loves our children even more than we do. He knows what's best for them and he can use any and all circumstances to reveal himself in their lives. So thank you for reminding us of that. So let's lean into some of these. You call it a head to toe pattern to making prayers for our kids, a natural habit rather than just kind of a crisis moment. So let's talk about some of the landmarks and what this has meant as you framed out this book. Okay. Let me, let me say one thing before we
1: get to these sure. landmarks that I think we need to remember too, as we're looking at what's going on in the world. And especially my heart is heavy right now because of the war in Israel that's yes. going on. And in kids, again, they're hearing this, just listening to it. They're worrying, can that happen over here? A lot right. of stress with that. But with that, with all that goes on in our world that is Against the principles of God, we need to remember who the real enemy is. That's right. Paul reminds us that the enemy is not the circumstances that we see actually with our eyes. The real enemy is the devil himself. And Paul tells us in that scripture where he's again, it's a head to toe when he's talking about putting on the armor of God, you know, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, all the way down to the feet shod with the gospel of peace. But right in the middle of that, he says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Yes, that's who we're fighting. And then again, he says this in Corinthians. He said, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, we Mm. have divine power to demolish strongholds. And again, this is a spiritual battle. That's why we're going to pray the word, because we're going to be praying it in the spiritual realm. And I love when those two words, demolish strongholds, that word in the Greek, which is the original language of the Old Testament, is dunamos, And dunamos is where we get our English word dynamite. Mm. How do you get dynamite? Nitrogen glycerin put them together boom well what we're going to do is we go into these landmarks we've got prayer and the word of god and you yes. put those together and you've got dunamos power Amen. that's the kind of power that you have when you pray in jesus name mm-hmm. so let's get down to those landmarks and, and talk about what some of them are again we're doing it just like paul we're going to start at the top and we're going to pray first for the mind mm-hmm. i think too angela you probably I don't know. I shouldn't assume what you do, but I think most human beings tend to pray for someone's behavior. You know, we pray for our our child's Mm -hmm. behavior, but we're going to back it up a bit and pray for the mind, the thoughts that cause that behavior. That's Mm -hmm. why we're starting at the beginning. For an example, we might be praying Romans, um, the verse about renewing your mind. It says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how will we change? We cannot act differently than we think. I want to say that one more time. It's so important. We cannot act differently than we think, right? So we're going to be praying for the thoughts that come into our children's mind. And we're going to pray scripture over that. Then we're going to pray for their eyes, what they're looking at. And there's a difference between what you see and what you look at. So we we see things, Hmm. don't have a lot of control about that, but we do have control over what we stop and look at. So we're going to pray for what they look at, really what enters their mind through the portal of their eyes. Same thing with the ears. Again, we're praying scripture. There's 30 days in the book and you're going through each one of these 16 areas each day. And I want to say this too. It takes me a lot longer to explain it than it does to actually pray. (laughs) So it takes about five to seven minutes to go through this in your prayer time. But we're going to pray for their ears, what they listen to. Again, it's different listening to and hear. It's different. This is what they're listening to, being intentional about, about listening to. We know that if our children, if we... Listen to the wrong voices, we're going to make the wrong choices. so we're going to be praying about what's going in their ears, and then we're going to pray for their mouth. This yeah. is the, they're going to pray, be praying for the words that come out of their mouth. We know death and life are in the power of the tongue, and we're going to be praying about those words. But I want to say this too, for all of us parents, we can pray about their mouths and the words that come out, but most likely they're going to copy what they hear their parents saying. Good. So if they hear us being negative, they're going to be negative. They hear us grumbling. They're going to be grumbling. If they hear us saying swear words, they're going to use swear words. So we need to model this as well as pray for their words. So that's their face. And then we're going to go to the neck and the neck is actually what turns the head, right? Hmm. So we're praying what turns the head and the decisions that they make. And all through the Bible, we read about the neck. Don't be stiff-necked. And we, we're going to be praying about the decisions um, that they make. And um, it's one of the weightiest gifts God gave us, right? Don't you sometimes wish we didn't have choice?
0: Yes, that we but... <laughs> just
1: automatically did what God wanted us to do. But he did give us that gift, that gift, that very difficult gift of choice. So we're going to be praying for their choices. And then we're going to pray for their shoulders. And this is their burdens and worries. Mm. And they're going to have them. We've already talked about what they're worried and concerned about these days. But we're going to pray that they'll know what to do with them. That mm. was cast your cares on the Lord and he will care for you. We're going to, I mean, it starts early test grades are my too small. Or am I too large? Am mm. I too thin? Or am I too heavy? Um, They worry about sexual molestation. Now they're worried about the war just goes on and on. So we're going to be praying about those worries and, and concerns that they have. Give your worries to God. Give your cares to God. Cause he cares for you praying that. And then we're going to pray for the heart and this is who and what they love. We're going to pray for the back and that's their spiritual and physical protection, we kind of want to went touched on that when we talked about the spiritual warfare. Praying that that angels will surround our children mm-hmm. and that they will know it. Praying for their arms, their strength, all through the Bible, the arms represent God's strength. Their hands, gifts and talents, and then we're going to pray for that ring finger. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Angela, but as soon as that little baby Stephen was born, I prayed for his future spouse yeah. because that is the second most important decision that they will mm-hmm. ever make. And it's interesting to think when we are praying for our child's, a child's spouse, we are praying for someone that they don't even, that we don't even know yet. Yeah, But that's an interesting concept that we're praying for someone we don't know. And that takes me down to the side and I'm going to camp out here, um, just a little bit. You and I talked earlier before we actually hit the record button, um, about how someone else praying for me, um, really changed my life and I know Angela you've probably seen that in your own life too have you
0: oh absolutely I would love to hear more because there's so many times that people struggle behind closed doors and nobody knows it and uh, that that's made a big difference in your life so tell us a little bit about your story Sharon because this has been instrumental in what God has done in your life it is
1: it's um, I was raised in a home that was very difficult. Um, my parents, we went to church on Sunday, but we're not Christians. Can mm. you believe that happens? Absolutely. Yeah. If Listen, if somebody walks in your church and you say, how are you today? And they say, fine, don't believe it. Mm. We were not fine. Mm. Um, There was a lot of alcohol in my home. My parents fought verbally and physically in front of me. I I saw things a little girl should never see, heard words a little child should never hear. And honestly, I didn't even know what some of those words meant. But Angela knew how they made me feel inside. Yeah. And I remember going to bed and pulling up those covers and praying that I could hurry up and go to sleep just to shut out the yelling and the screaming and the fighting that went on in my house. And it wasn't every day, it was more of a cycle. It was kind of like the Israelite cycle all yeah. through the Old Testament that there'd be the, the big fight. I'd wake up, broken furniture. My mom would have a black eye or bruises, and my dad would be crying at the kitchen table promising this will never happen again i'm so sorry it'll never happen again so Mm -hmm. there was repentance and then there was a time of peace and then it would build up and build up and it would happen again and again well i grew up a lot of my childhood just afraid but God, we all have a but God story. Amen. There was a, a woman on the next block. It was my best friend's mom. And I love going down to their house because Mr. and Mrs. Henderson, that was their name. Um, they would hug and kiss in front of me and had such a great marriage. But that woman, that mother took me under her wing. And eventually I began to trust her. And I told her what was going on in my home. And she prayed for me. And many Saturday nights, I would spend the night at their house and go to church with, with them on Sunday. And I saw there was something different about that church than my church because mm. those people were a little odd because they talked about jesus like they knew him personally and that was strange to me mm. but then i saw it acted out in her and she prayed for me mentored me and for two years she did that until when i was 14 she asked me if i was ready to accept christ as my mm. savior and i said yes yeah. so you see i I became a Christian through a praying mother. It just wasn't my mother. So as we're praying for our child's friends and and who's walking through them, with them through life, I think a tendency for Christians sometimes is to pray that they'll be surrounded by other Christian people who Mm. have the same worldview.
0: Mm. And and that
1: is a great thing. But Mm. I think in my own life, if that had been that mother's prayer, I would have never met Jesus through her anyway. Um. So that taught me a great lesson early on. So when my child was growing up, we had lots of kids from the neighborhood that weren't from Christian homes as a teenager, people that are home that, that weren't Christians, and I prayed prayed for those kids. So Mm. it's important to, to, to keep that in mind. Hey, let me just put the icing on that cake about me coming to Christ. Three years after I came to Christ, my mom gave her life to Jesus, the same woman. And then three years after that, my dad, that mean, and that mean old man, see, after my mom came to Christ, he said, I'll go to church with you, but I could never be a Christian because there's too many bad things I've done in my life. Mm. And I told him exactly what you would tell him. None of us could be good enough, right? none of us, or Jesus wouldn't have had to die. That's but right. my father had, he had trouble with that kind of grace. But three years after my mom, says so six years after me, he was on the verge of a nervous breakdown, a business deal had gone wrong, being taken to court. My mom had gone to Pennsylvania to a meeting. She had a craft shop, a craft meeting. Dad got in the car, drove from North Carolina to Pennsylvania, couldn't find her, stopped by a church and said, it was a Catholic church, and said, can the priest pray for me? And the secretary said, he's the priest isn't here, but I know a Baptist pastor who's out in the woods building his church. And uh, she drew him a little map on a scratch piece of paper. My dad followed that map, met that man out in the woods, told him everything that he'd ever done. And then that man said, now, Alan, let me tell you what I've done. And the way my dad described it, he said, Sharon, everything I had done in my life, this man had done too. And I knew that if God could forgive him and he could be a preacher, then he could forgive me. and see Angela what a great story but it all started with a mom a praying mom who prayed for a child that was not her own
0: yeah so
1: as we're praying for our children we're going to remember to be praying this for other children as well
0: that's just so important first of all thank you for sharing that story with us your story but what a reminder for us. I I do. I think it's back to fear. We get afraid. We want to control all the outcomes. Yes. And mm-hmm. so we even pray maybe what could be against the will of God at times. And, um, you know, we're called to be salt and light. So that means to be around people that don't have the light that are walking in the darkness and to trust that God will use our children and, and he will bring the right people, you know, whoever that's supposed to be into our lives. Um, because what a powerful story. God would have probably found you a different way, but he, used, because he's so merciful, but he used a praying mom. And so I feel like that word alone is for someone today to just say, look, God is uniquely positioned. You maybe you're a teacher and you see the children walking in your classroom. You're not their mom, but you could begin to pray these prayers. I'm going to hold this book up again. If you're watching, praying for your children from head to toe, but you could really just put praying for children. Doesn't even have to be your own, just praying for kids from head to toe. I love the fact that it's 30 days. We'll kind of finish up a couple of these landmarks, Sharon, but if they could get this now before the end of this month, when this airs, they could start this in December and end the year or the first month of January. What a great gift to give anybody, the teacher in your life, your, your, your child, if they have kids of their own, just to begin that 30 days to say, listen, something is going to shift in this new year. And what shifts first and foremost, and I'm sure you've, you've seen it Sharon, in your own life is our own perspective changes when we pray Mm -hmm. more than anything else. And I'm curious, before you go back into some of these last landmarks, what have you seen most when you talk to women about what's on their heart to pray? What, What do you find women struggling with the most as we, as we close out this year?
1: Well, they're, they're praying about, they're worried about and concerned about the same thing that the kids are worried about. Okay. Um, they're worried about the, the suicide rate. They're worried yes. about depression, so much depression. They're worried about gender confusion. So much of that, um, is a, is a struggle yes. you know, for parents to be so concerned about. Um, they're worried about some of the same things that our kids are worried about. You know, they're also worried about what the children, what kids are hearing out in the culture. Yeah. That um it, it is not the same thing that they're that they're hearing at home. And yes. we know that what was once said was illegal is now legal. Right. What once was wrong is now considered right. Mm. And so that I mean I was upset when they said Pluto wasn't a planet. Yeah. So I mean we're <laughs> like you know, things just change and it's it's so hard. It's difficult. And I know I was having a conversation with a mom the other day and her five-year-old little girl was talking to another five-year-old little boy. And he said something with, that was very um not in line with scripture that was okay. And then the little girl said, no, it's not okay. The Bible says that's not okay. And well, she ended up, you know, talking to her mom about it. And um, there's already that, already that. But the culture is impressing on little people and teenagers and then going off to college and what what they're hearing and that actually takes me down to another landmark which we're going to get to in just a minute but that those are the concerns of of parents just um the the effect that the culture is having. Um, on kids in the classroom, on the school bus, playground, um, on the sports team. Um, It's just what they're hearing on television, hearing on social media. Uh, Information is at their fingertips
0: and is not always good information. That's true. That's why the word is so important and prayer is so important. I wrote in one of my Bible studies, worry is just a negative form of prayer. So whatever you're worried about, if you can acknowledge, all right, God, I'm anxious about this. I'm worried. I'm sending my kids off to school. I don't know what... Competing narratives they're hearing today mm-hmm. um or wherever they might be going, but God, I'm praying and I'm going to choose to turn those worries into prayers that I release back to that relinquishment. God, I can't control everything that might happen to my children today, mm-hmm. but I trust you with them and I trust them to you. So that's so important to us, Sharon. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. walk us through a, a couple of these more landmarks before we wrap up. And I really want to encourage people to pick up a copy of of this. Um, if they happen to, to uh, not listen all the way to the end, we're going to stop right here and tell them where they can go. So Sharon, where would you like them to go to make sure they get a copy of your brand new book and so many other resources that you have for people?
1: Well, they can buy them anywhere where they would normally buy books, Amazon, ChristianBooks.com, Barnes and Noble. Um, my website is SharonJanes.com and I have all my books, um, are in the bookstore there. My last name's kind of different. It's J-A-Y-N-E-S, but also on there, there's a lot of free resources and I encourage you just to go and look around. Um, there's one resource that I think moms would love us praying for your teacher from head to toe it's free it's just a free download it goes through one of those days praying over your child's teacher Mm -hmm. um so so important so there's lots of free resources on there so sharonjanes.com also have a weekly bible i mean not bible study but a weekly devotion that they can sign up for that that's on that website yep they can check it out there or anywhere where they typically buy books. And I want to say for Christmas, I tell you what, you grandmas who are listening, what a great gift mm-hmm. uh, to give your daughters. And I want to encourage you too. I've seen lots of grandmas do this. They buy one for their daughters or daughter-in-laws and they buy one for themselves so they can be praying right along with like their that. daughter and daughter-in-laws as they're praying Uh, for these children and Um, aunties. Oh goodness. What a what a great privilege you have to be praying for your nieces and nephews. I love praying for my nieces and nephews. So there, and then another friend of mine just told me that she had a baby shower for her daughter and got all the little mamas there, a copy of the book. She said that was so much better than getting them a coffee mug. But um, Um, so, you know, it's, it's a beautiful book too. That's the thing about it 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 too. Angela, if you look at the outside is pretty, but if you just open that book up and you can see, there's color on the inside so and pretty. it's done that way. So it can
0: be, can be a gift. So pretty. So pretty. Right. pretty yeah. It's pretty, beautiful, pretty, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. It's like a silver embossed. It's really a lovely <laughs> gift. You'll probably see it if you're looking at it, the shyness of it. So we'll wrap up in a few minutes here, Sharon, but walk us through a couple more landmarks that have been so crucial. The side is where we talked about yep, we, the, yep. the incorporating the prayers of others into our lives and our Christian mm-hmm. walk. By praying for their friends and this and anybody that's walking th-
1: through life with right. them. So this includes teachers, coaches and, and all that. Then the next thing we're going to pray about is their spirituality. And we are going to pray for their spiritual purity and that there will not be any gender mm-hmm. confusion. And again, this, as we're praying this, remember, these are not my words or opinions that we're praying. It is strictly God's word that we're praying. So mm-hmm. my opinion is not interjected into this. Then we're going to pray for their legs. And as we were talking about um with all the conflicts that the culture is teaching in our kids this is where we're going to pray for them to stand on the truth so they're going to know the truth and they're going to stand on the truth because the bible tells us if you don't not stand on the truth um, you know, you're on a very shaky very shaky ground right and if we don't stand on the truth the world becomes a very confusing place and i wrote this sentence in the i wrote it so much better than i can say it the undertow of uncertainty can pull them out to sea with the riptide of questions and the shifting tides of change. Mm. So we're going to pray that they will stand on the truth, just like that little five-year-old girl did when they're hearing something that doesn't line up with the word of God, that they'll know it. The Holy Spirit will convict them of it, and they'll stand on the truth, even with that they're the only one in the group doing it. Mm. We're going to pray for their knees, and that is their relationship with God as they humble themselves before God, as, and we know the most important decision they will ever make is whether or not um, they become a Christian or not. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Most important question we will ever answer. Right. And then finally, we're going to pray for their feet. And the feet is the path they take. It's the path that they take today and tomorrow and all the way through life that that God's word will be a lamp unto their feet and a light to their path. So we've covered them from top all the way down to their feet with scriptural prayer.
0: I love it so much, and what a great gift, and uh, the greatest gift we can give our kids is to pray. I'm going to be doing this myself as a 30-day. I've gone through it here and there to get ready for the podcast today, but I want to go straight through from 30 days, so I'd love for you listeners to join me through the month of December, just praying for our children, our grandchildren, and for those that maybe are not your own kids, but that you would be praying for. Be that person just like this other woman was in Sharon's life, and that your prayers, Um, the prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much in the kingdom of God. And so let's end this year, not carrying worry and anxiety into 2024, but relinquishing, releasing what we hold dear so that God can work in and through us. So Sharon, I always close with one last question and we've talked about the power of praying scripture. You have woven that in, um, even just in our conversation today, obviously the word of God is so important to you. It's been the foundation of your life. But who is the person in the Bible, other than Jesus, that has most inspired you to make your own life matter for the kingdom? I'll have to say it's Moses. Mm. Um, I'll tell you, when I became a Christian at
1: 14, um, I knew I was going to heaven, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do in the meantime. And I was wrapped up, as you heard my story. I was wrapped up in so much inferiority and insecurity and inadequacy Mm. by the time I was a 14. And then I became a Christian. And some people might say, and then it went away. It did not go away. Yeah. I just became a very inferior, insecure, inadequate Christian. And now I had a new I'm not good enough. And it was I'm not a good enough Christian. And this just weighed on me heavenly. All the way until my 30s, mid-30s, it was an older woman in my life, and she began to teach me about who I was and what I had and where I was as a child of God. Mm. How does that fit into Moses? Well, Moses made some pretty big mistakes in his his life too, as you recall, when he was 40, and then he ran away and from it all when he was 80. God became God came and spoke to him in the burning bush, and he asked him four questions. And these four questions just so Knocked me upside the head, honestly, when I started to study them, because they were the four questions that I was struggling with. When God called Moses to go into the promised land, to lead the people out of Egypt into the promised land, Moses said, who am I that I should do this? God wanted me to learn that answer to that question. Who am I? Learning who I was as a child of God. The second thing he said is, and God supposedly asked your name. What's your name? He said, I am And I need to learn that, that I am is the God who fills in my blanks. So every say I am not blank enough, God says, I am. I needed to learn that. And the third thing he says, suppose they don't believe me. Where did that come from? Because 40 years earlier, they did not believe him. Mm. And I was allowing my past to keep me from moving forward. Mm. So I need to learn about that. And the fourth, it wasn't really in the form of a question, but it was a statement. He said, but I am not a good speaker. You know, I can't speak. I, you. And by that time he was at this point in his life, they say he probably had a stuttering problem. But we know when Timothy was um, being not Timothy, when Stephen was being martyred and he kind of went through the history of the Old Testament. He said Moses was a powerful man, powerful yes, in speech and action. So at some point he was a good speaker. But how do we come to that conclusion that we're not a good anything? And Angela, that's by comparing ourselves to others. That's right. So God had to teach me that fourth thing, stop comparing myself to other people, other writers, other speakers, other people, and other mothers, other wives, stop mm-hmm. comparing myself. So those four things that Moses had to answer are the very four things that I had to answer in my life in order for me to make my life matter? Because it wasn't—I'm sure it was mattering to some extent—but God had a different path He wanted me to take, mm. and I wasn't going that down that path until I answered those same
0: four questions that Moses asked God. Mm. So powerful! That's a whole sermon right there. That was so great, Sharon. Thank you for <laughs> Thank giving you. that because. I'm such a big proponent of us moving past comparison and competition, which keeps us stuck. It keeps us isolated, keeps us in silos rather than working together and, and just working in the fullness of God's grace on our life. Because I'm not Sharon. Sharon's not me. We're not somebody else. We just need to be who God has called us to be. And again, to release even our own, insecurities or expectations or questions about, well, why am I not more this or that God, you know, he made us, he designed us and he knows exactly what he wants to do in and through us. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that. Those four questions that Mm -hmm. Moses and, you know, posed to God. And God so graciously said, Moses, I know all of this, but I want to use you and I've chosen you. And he's chosen us for kingdom service as well and to live on mission. So Sharon, thank you for the way you so beautifully live on mission and just continue to ground yourself in the word. That's what we do here at the podcast is ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. And that's why I was so drawn to this book, praying for your children head to toe. Some of us need to remember to pray for ourselves, pray for your spouses, the teachers, others in your lives. But I encourage you to get a copy of her book, Sharon Janes, dot com. That'll be my show notes as well. And uh, Sharon, I would love to invite you to just close our time together in prayer and and just whatever the Lord leads for you to pray, but especially for our moms, our grandmas, our aunties today that are saying, yes, I want to relinquish my kids. And I want to trust that God is going to do what only he can do. I don't want to walk into this new year full of anxiety and worry. I want to walk in with trust and confidence and know that God is in control. Hey, let's
1: pray. Lord, we thank you so much for these few minutes that we can spend together. And we thank you that we can. Uh, just come to you just by by talking to you out loud or talking to you silently. We can pray together through the internet. We can pray by touching hands. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for our sisters that are listening all around the world. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of prayer, that you set that up as a way for us to pray. And when when Jesus prayed, that's disciples said lord teach us how to pray and then he gave them a pattern of prayer that we've come to call the lord's prayer with different landmarks of what to pray and we thank you that you can give us a pattern of prayer to pray for our children lord i pray for all the mamas and the, the grandmas and the aunties and the teachers who are, are, have so much impact with the children that are in their sphere of influence lord i pray that you will give them the power And the prompt them to pray, I I just just say again that that verse that Angela prayed that the the prayer of a righteous person um, is powerful and effective or availeth much, as the King James says. And Lord, sometimes we might think, well, I'm not that righteous person, but Lord, your word tells us that if we know Jesus Christ, then you consider us righteous. So we all have that power, that dunamose power, to demolish strongholds and we come before you in praise and thanksgiving and intercessory prayer to demolish strongholds and anything that would raise itself up against destroying our children and we pray that in the power
0: of jesus name amen amen Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at AngelaDenadio.com, Facebook at AngelaDenadioVOV, and Instagram at Angela Until next week, let's make life matter.